But where are you really from? But where are you really from? Hey everyone, I'm Angela Lin, and I'm Jesse Lin, and welcome back to But Where Are You Really From? This week, we hope to talk to you for hopefully the last time about COVID nineteen. <laughs> oh, I was like, what is this? <laughs> we hope to talk to you for the last time. Period. About COVID-19, it's been two years since the pandemic began and, you know, we've discussed it in specific episodes, we've discussed it tangentially throughout other episodes, and we thought it would be interesting to do a two-year look back and hopefully there will be no more serious issues around this to really discuss. But um, maybe a question to you to start off, Angela, when was your, if you remember, COVID date where people were like, nope, no more coming in, no more doing nothing, stay at home. We were, I mean, I was going to say we were relatively late, but I guess that's all relative. Um, We closed like second week of March, I think, because, and I, I call that slow, even though I'm pretty sure when I talk to other people, it's around the same time. Most people kind of like were stuck at home, but I call it slow because I was in the Bay Area and it was all like, Google, Facebook, you know, all the like tech companies that are the most, uh, that are the fastest with those kinds of decisions. So like they had all closed like a week prior to Ubisoft at the time, which is where I was working at the time. Um, And we just like held out forever because we were one of those companies that like was not comfortable with remote work generally before the pandemic. And they were like, this is not going to be a thing. Like we don't need to do this and then they did not close until there's like one cafe that was close to our office that like everyone went to every day for lunch and one of the employees there got covid and so like an they were employ- like uh, employee cafe. of the cafe okay. but because so many ubisoft employees got lunch there daily they were like oh, oh. it's probably in our best mm-hmm. interest to close it. so yeah wow. how about you I believe I believe mine was March the 10th or mm-hmm. the 12th. It was a Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually surprised that you guys closed so late because at the time I was working for a Polish company and the and the information came from HQ that was like all the offices are closing because all the offices in Poland are closing. So they just kind of made it a global mandate to just make it easier for everybody to have consistency across the board. And um, I'm surprised because Ubisoft's a French company. I would assume that they would. Uh, Ubisoft's weird. Well, I mean, France <laughs> is also weird. That's true. They're very yeah. um, uh, Viva la, la République freedoms. Not really, because no? once they shut down, they were like a really crackdown shut down. Um, oh, like, yeah. I don't remember the time yeah. frame of when the French people, we did not do a company wide. They let every region make that decision because the case count was different in every country. So like SF made its own decision, which is the North America hub. And then uh, Paris made its own decision about uh, France but once France shut down it was like every time we talked to them they were like oh we have curfew at like 6 p.m. I gotta like jet out of the office because otherwise I'm gonna get fined I'm like why are you even <laughs> in the office then like, yeah, why would the you risk that yeah that's crazy well I just I meant like people were very like similar to here people were very up in arms about it 
I, I feel like because they're very like we're our personal rights to be able to like go wherever. We well, want. I think there's a spectrum there. I don't think people were like that in the beginning because everyone mm-hmm. yeah. really thought it was like contagion. The movie we yeah. all thought it was like airborne and like at any point you can catch it and die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like so, I don't think anyone was like fuck this. I'm not wearing a mask in the beginning beginning i think everyone was like hiding in the beginning and i'm pretty sure most people bought into the whole like two weeks of flatten the curve thing that everyone was uh oh in the beginning no i feel like there was not not in france but i feel like here there was heavy opposition to that people were like we don't want to do that we don't want to close for two weeks we don't want to lose business for two weeks like people were very adamant against it even though like generally I would, you were, you're correct. I think generally most people were like, okay, yeah, that's a fine two weeks. We'll stay at home. Like things will return to normal. That's like a good, um, that's like a good trade-off. But I remember distinctly, like it was not uniform across the States. Like some States were like, we're not doing that at all. People don't want that. And so it was like piecemeal, the way that you're describing it. So like some people, some areas did close, some areas did not, but it all kind of did happen like at different times and different dates, which kind of defeats the purpose because then people were like moving around during your shutdown. We were moving around during someone else's shutdown. Like it just, yeah. I mean, not much has changed in that regard. Everything is still state by state, county by county, city by city. It's it's wonky. Yeah. Yeah. It's why this should never work though. Let's, let's just like put that out there. It's like, it's weird because we basically took um, inspiration from China. Like that's where the shutdown idea came from is because China, it started in China and then they, they did that. But China is a completely different country to the US. So like whether or not you believe they were successful because apparently right now their cases are like skyrocketing and they're back in quarantine, like crazy shutdown times. But like in the beginning, it seemed like, oh, they actually like got a grasp on this like very quickly. And I think that was why there was this like widespread governmental US side decision to say like, okay, we could we could like theoretically flatten the curve in two weeks if we like actually just do this thing because we saw it happen in China. Well, that was totally different. They like literally locked people up and like had police like take away their phones and like do crazy shit versus here. Like you said, it was like everyone kind of like made different decisions and then it was not that enforced. It was like, you can still yeah. go outside and like, you, I mean, you know. the government doesn't even have the power to do that here. No. So it's like not feasible. Mm-mm. But I do think that the um, China has probably the most I mean, they have the, it's the epicenter of it, right? Uh I would say, though, they also have probably the most funny content from it because of their authoritarian shutdown. Like, fun content. Like, you know, the the lady who, um, there's like, there's these things that come out. There's like, lady who, um, she went on a first date with this guy. She went to his house. Oh, yeah. And she got stuck there. And now they're like, Aren't they like married? married? Yeah, they're married. They're married. And then recently I saw this other thing where these people were stuck in like a hot pot restaurant and they couldn't leave. And so she was like, I'm just eating hot pot every day and sick of it. <laughs> I'm surprised that they still had food in there after yeah, like, like a lot of frozen, probably a lot of frozen. I guess, stuff. but if it was like a full restaurant and they were in there for two years or whatever the fuck. You know? No, it was, oh. I think it was like a short, maybe like a one week, two oh, week. Oh, okay, okay. Of down. <laughs> I'm sick of eating hot pot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, in all seriousness, no, I I do think that it's been, it's just been a, 
incredibly strange time mm-hmm. to be alive and just seeing what's been happening, considering that a lot of people have died from yeah. COVID. And it seems like collectively there were no lessons learned. <laughs> At least, at least how I see it, I think everyone's just gonna like, wah, 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 like so. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure there is. You're right. I don't think there is a universal takeaway because every, everywhere in the U. Like, forget the U.S. Weird. No, yeah, I'm not even like, talking again, about the U.S. Again, we're so self-centered, right? Yeah. Like the globe. Everyone around the world did something different. Yeah. And like, I mean, when you look at the data, a lot of places have kind of similar case slash death counts um you know based on once you adjust for population size so regardless of like what they did i don't really think we totally figured out the like one thing that would like if something like this happened again like we'd like just pull out that one magic thing and it would like solve it again i think it would still be pretty messy yeah it's i i think like it 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 really is super different, as you mentioned, um, and nobody has done it very well. I mean, like with the with the exception of those countries that were initially pursuing like zero COVID, where they were like, "We're not letting anyone Girl. in." Like uh, that kind of worked. That was no, but... it didn't. It just, <laughs> it just slowed them down because Taiwan, for example, is one of those countries, and like initially we were like, "Yay, Taiwan!" But like. No, it, it, all it did was like push back their curve. So now they're kind of like experiencing what we experienced a couple months back and similar with Japan and stuff. So it's, uh, I mean, it like made them have like a perfect record in the beginning, but I, I don't think it's true that they were like able to actually do any better than us in like the grand scheme of everything. Yeah, I just feel like that that might have made sense in the beginning when nobody knew what it was right Mm -hmm. like it Mm -hmm. should have been i think what everyone had done because then you you buy yourself a little time to figure out like hey like how do i get resources for this how do i staff up hospitals for this like how do i do all this like public health shit and then like obviously there's no way to keep everything closed forever you'll let it kind of happen but at least you're prepared and it just kind of seemed like the time the flattening the two weeks time that we asked everyone to loan to borrow was wasted by the government like nothing was done during this time to prepare the public for longer period of shittiness i mean hey look i've we have to lay out the cards as they are in terms of like nobody knew what this was and so like the government definitely didn't really know what the f they were doing in the beginning or even really now but like it it's there's kind of this like push pull because I think a lot of the frustration in the last two years is that the policies kept changing, but kind of arbitrarily a lot of times. And there wasn't like real justification for a lot of things. And a lot of things flip flopped, like the, you know, and it wasn't like, yeah. And it wasn't like new data has come out. That's like decided this. It was like, Oh, you just don't need it anymore. Like a CDC says, or the who says this, or like, just do it. And like the two weeks to flatten the curve, I agree with you there. Of course, like every state we're talking us now, but like every Mm -hmm. state was kind of like different in the way they approached it. And like some were less into it than others, but the places that were into it, for example, I was in the Bay area. It's like extremely rah, rah around that stuff. So they were like two weeks, we can do it y'all. And like, it was very like kumbaya for the two weeks because we really felt like, oh, 
oh, the government must know something that, like, two weeks is this, like, magical number, and, like, mm-hmm. we'll just, like, get through it if we, like, stand the two weeks. And then when the two weeks came and you realize, like, this is not the end, and there's, like, an yep. indefinite end goal here, then you're, like, I feel duped as F, and, like, yep. there's no... And then every, like, subsequent policy was kind of like that, where it was, like, I don't really see why we're doing this. You're just telling me we're going to do it, and it's going to, like, do something good for us, but then I don't get the result that you said we were going to see, and it's just, like, this endless cycling of that Mm -hmm. for the last two years. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I just think, you know, in general, I feel like people have given up. I've given up a little bit. (laughs) Like, I'm still doing some of the things that the CDC recommends, but for like I stopped like alcohol wiping all my groceries and stuff like Girl, that. I sat that like, a long time ago. I was so <laughs> obsessive about it in the beginning. I was like I remember, really obsessive. I remember about it. we had a text with you, me and Karen and we, you sent a video that was like this oh, is I how did. to sanitize your like gourds. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. I was like, oh my God guys. I was like yeah, I was like warm water soap washing every piece of fruit and vegetable that I brought in on top of like the you know, Clorox wiping of like packages Packaging. and stuff. Yeah, it was a whole thing. I definitely thought, of, you know, we could die at any moment. I mean, to be fair, you should always wash your fruits and vegetables before you consume. Anyways, okay, enough about that. Um <laughs> Let's talk about some other aspects. So obviously mental health was a big topic that we've kind of visited Mm -hmm. many times. Still is. is. We've talked about it several times, but I think it's worth discussing again. I feel like there was definitely a curve of like who was getting hit the hardest in terms of mental health from the beginning towards the end. Like I feel like in the beginning, okay, okay, don't, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just saying, like, um, in the beginning, the the greatest sympathy I think most people had was for, like, parents of any, any parent. Because basically, like, all the schools were shut down daycares and whatever. And so you're like, oh, that's a mess. Like, you have to, like, take care of your children all day and, like, be their teacher and their and work and yeah yeah and then like ipad became babysitter anyways so like in the beginning i felt like everyone was like very sympathetic towards all the parents and then like as the weeks went on it's not like that went away i'm not saying it got easier for the parents but i think there was this realization like all the single people are like getting wrecked right now with mental health because everyone who lives alone was like so so isolated that then there i do remember this kind of like inflection point at work where we were like how are you guys doing you know like the daily kind of check-ins and like at some point it was just like oh shit all the like single people are like not doing so hot right now let me tell you i was not single but i didn't see my partner for like months and it was i don't even like it was such a blip you know, like, when you go through, like, a really bad breakup, and then, like, the few months after that just is, like, you just, like, I don't, what was I, do- you were, like, on, on autopilot, basically. You're, like, what was I doing during that time? I don't even know. And it was kind of like that, where I was, like, I was pretending to live my life when my life no longer bared any resemblance to my life. So I was, like, what? And I feel like collectively coming out of that, like you've had to confront it but people haven't really had a chance to to 
deal with it yet because it's kind of like you come out of the pandemic and it's like okay back to normal there's no like acknowledgement of the fact that like people just went through this like huge stretch of isolation where they have maybe they didn't have social structures in place maybe they didn't have the best um, ways to check in with friends and family and it's, it's kind of just like the whole thing was ignored from a like a mental health emergency perspective totally and i think it hit everyone i don't want to say equally but i think it hit it's fair to say it hit everyone like i don't think it's true that like even if you had family like you had you know the nuclear family set up and you'd be like totally fine at this point i don't think that's true because even like i was living with her i still live with her but like I think all the couples that were together, it also rocked them in oh, a yeah. lot of ways. Like yeah. a lot of people broke up, got divorced, like lots of crazy shit went down. But it was also, it, it, it was this other struggle of basically like, number one, do we really like each other as much as we think we do? Because <laughs> you're like stuck with each other all day long. And then the other point being kind of like something I struggle with still because we're remote kind of indefinitely, um, you know, is like how do I carve out space for myself when I'm literally with this person all day long and sometimes you physically don't have any space like in the beginning when we were like literally you can't leave your home or you might die feeling right we were in a one bedroom so I was working on the kitchen table like kitchen dining table and he had a desk that was just like three feet away from me and then there was no like it was literally like, I don't have my own space. And then also I don't have any like separation of work life because I just went from like dining table to the couch that was like half a foot away from the dining table. So it's something I still struggle with is kind of like, look, I don't not love you, but I need fucking me time sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, especially if I have like therapy or something that would I have like twice a month I'm like I need I want to be alone I don't want to like have like shared space oh, while I'm talking course. to my therapist yeah. so there's a lot of like little things like that that we've all had to kind of like figure out how to deal with and that have taken a toll on us like mentally yeah. emotionally and like relationships wise all around no I agree I, I think everyone everyone had a different problem during this time as you were saying like if you're with your family like because I remember my parents were like are you sure you don't want to like come back here? Like we can just like hang out together. I'm like, I am very certain that I will murder all of us <laughs> back there and live there for like, because it's like, you, you're just, I would have been doing exactly the same things as I was doing there, but with less freedom and more restrictions. My parents are older. So I'm like, I don't even like, I, I would be like literally shut in with them the whole time. Um, and then, of course, like, as you mentioned, people who are living together, your family, you have, like, limited space. Like, it's just crazy to be on top of each other all the time. Like, I don't think people are meant to be hanging out. Like, even you're a couple, like, all the time together. That's, like, too much. Yeah. You need you need to have, like, separate, independent things. Um, but what else was, like, wild about the pandemic? I feel like... I feel like the craziest thing that... I experienced about the pandemic was just like the mm, how would I say this like how unlevel it was in regards to people migrating in and out of the city so like in New York Manhattan basically just emptied out 
because that's all transient. Um, people, I think would say, you know, people who are going to come work for a few years and then go back to wherever they came from, or they want to move on to the city. Um, but where I live, it's mostly families. So like people were telling, like I was talking to friends living in different parts of the city and they were like, oh, like it's crazy. Like it's completely empty here. Like nobody is in the streets now. It's kind of like, you know, the, what is it? Not day after tomorrow. I'm legend kind of situation. And I was like, oh, it's like kind of the same here. Like same people walking around, same restaurants open, like same level of busyness. So it was just really interesting to see like a, the dynamic of the city at play once something like this happened and then kind of see like how people like either disappeared or went somewhere else or stay put. Um, but that was like the craziest thing because you would, you could go to Times Square at that point and there'd be like nobody there. Yeah. I think you had like um, the New York city version of the urban versus suburban because technically you're still in the city, I guess, but you're in Queens so, and like you said, you're in like the area where like families live. So like you're basically the burbs for, you know, all intents and purposes in terms of like this migration that happened from COVID, because I agree it was like um, Bay Area. I was directly in downtown San Francisco. It was I am legend. It was like there I saw two people outside the window that day, like in grand total and like and the homeless population got crazier and crazier and still still is um as a result of the pandemic and that i think will rock the city kind of in the like coming years to come as as a result of what happened during that period versus like so many people left like straight up left and like went for not like you know manhattan versus queens but they went to like different states altogether moved to like texas colorado like places where they can get land and because people realize like i don't need to pay a million you know my like four thousand dollars a month for rent in san francisco when i don't even have to go into the office and now nothing's open and it's a shithole here whereas i could put that towards a mortgage and own a house that has a backyard and like have space for myself Hey listeners, wondering how you can support us? The biggest way is by increasing our visibility by following us on Instagram at where are you from pod, on TikTok at but where are you really from, subscribing to our YouTube channel under but where are you really from podcast, rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, and telling your friends. The more people we can get to listen to the show, the more we can continue spotlighting different perspectives and stories. And if you feel so inclined, we're also accepting donations at buymeacoffee.com slash where are you from. Thanks y'all. Well, speaking about going back into the office, I do think that that is maybe one of the good things that came out of the pandemic, which is that like, I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like everyone must have realized this before, but you kind of just, you assume it as part of the contract of working that you go to the office to work. But when the pandemic happened, it was kind of like, well, why do we go to the office to work? Like, it seems, honestly, I'm like, it's kind of wasteful. Like, we're just, we're going to a building to do work we can do anywhere else like why exactly so hey i'm a huge proponent of remote work ever since this ha you know ever since the pandemic made it very clear to all of us how the benefits of that like but i don't think it's a perfect 10 out of 10 like pros obviously like no more commute 
like more flexibility and ownership of your time because let's be real no one is always working every minute of the day like there were plenty of times where I was just dicking around like on Facebook on BuzzFeed whatever in between like meetings or like doing my work when I I just didn't have any work to do it's like how can I argue that that was more productive than like being at home and like working on like this podcast or like, I don't know, doing my laundry, just like doing things that like I needed to do anyway and fitting them into those moments that I didn't need to be working. So definitely from that standpoint, I'm like a huge proponent of the work from home situation because you can like better manage your own time. But I will say it doesn't affect me personally, but like I do see that there is like, there are cons to it. So like, you know, at the time Ubisoft, where I was working, they were very old school. They still very are old school, but they were very much like, it's not productive to be at home, like real productivity is in the office. And I disagree with that as like a blanket statement, but I do think there are situations where like in-person is a lot more productive. And that's when it's like, you're doing like brainstorming, for example, where you have like a group and it's like easier to be in the same room and like whiteboard things. And then like, you know, you're feeding off of each other's energy. Like we talked about the few episodes we got to record together were like totally different in person than when we do these virtual just because of that energy that's there. I think that's the only time it's productive is when like you have the group that you need to do the specific thing you're trying to do, like a brainstorm or a meeting or negotiation or like whatever, and you have to get them all in a room. I think the complication right now is that because all these companies have moved into like largely a hybrid model, like a lot of places aren't saying you can be remote completely. You need to still come in like one or two times a week or whatever, but they don't say like you all have to come in one or two times a week. It literally is like, as long as you clock in one or two times a week, that's like largely the policies I've been hearing. And I think that's so counterproductive because then it really is just kind of like clock in for the sake of saying you clocked in. But like if not everyone is there that you need, you will still have people zooming in. And then it's like, why the fuck am I in the office then? Because I'm still like on my, I'm at my desk, but like on my laptop doing the video conference still, as opposed to if you said like, everyone on the team has to come in on Mondays and Tuesdays, and then everyone can be remote otherwise. But I just don't think that's like the, the situation. And like my brother started a new job um, a few months ago and he moved to a new city for it. And like, I see how tough it is for him because he's like, I don't have any friends here. And like, I thought my coworkers were going to be my friends, but like they've all lived here for several years. So they have like their own friend groups. And then we don't have like set days that we go in. So then we're just video conferencing and I don't have like, there's no way to make that connection with people. So then he's kind of like stuck without that group. And I see that for sure in like a lot of people who got new jobs during the pandemic, because it's like, how do you really make that connection, especially in the beginning when you're like brand new, when you don't meet people in real life? Yeah, I agree with you. And yeah, uh, my office parable story thing. Um, it's not that I also don't want to go into the office because similar to what you were saying about spaces, I like to have a separate space sometimes to not be doing work at home because sometimes it's very stressful to be like in your home space and then to get off of work but then still be in your home space so i do like this idea of like a hybrid model and so right now i'm not i don't remember i told you but our company is um 
it's still kind of like you can go in if you want. There's no, there's no mandate. But by April, something, something mid-April, um, they're going to start doing this thing where it's hybrid and they're asking employees to come in Tuesday through Thursday. They're still saying it's optional for like those people who feel really uncomfortable, like they have young children or they have well, whatever, whatever commitments that they have. Um, but they're asking people to start coming in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So it will be like a company wide situation. And um, I agree with you. It's been really, really hard to like make connections with people. Um, and actually that, I think that's one of the main things that, um, that are, it's kind of about mental health that people have not really figured out how to do, especially companies, which is like how to foster that kind of like teammate camaraderie for new hires, because it just is so much harder. And, you know, the work that we're involved in, or at least in tech, from my perspective, it's like multidisciplinary work. Like you're working with many different people from many different teams. And that's really hard to crack uh digitally because it can be just really awkward to like blind dm someone on slack um for something versus like in the office i could always ask one of my coworkers and be like hey do you know so and so in product like i need to go ask them about this question and and someone someone will be like yes and then you get this kind of like personal introduction to this person it's less awkward you already kind of have this like in with them so i definitely feel like that's one of those things that's been like really really difficult to to deal with um and that going in person has actually helped a little bit so like i've only seen like maybe a handful of some of my teammates but for those that i've seen at least once or twice in person i feel a little more comfortable saying certain things i i would normally say in internet messages but i wouldn't say to like someone i've never met even 100 percent. like it's just like jokey things that are yeah, like yeah, not yeah. really it's not very serious but it's stuff that allows your personality to shine through to the other yes. person that you can't say unless you've met them in person. It's just it's so awkward. Yeah. Dude, I don't know if I already said this in our last, because we reflected on COVID like a year ago or whatever, when when we thought that was the end of it. Uh, lols. Anyways, um, but there was, there was a moment where, okay, because we were like full remote and like, in the beginning, our company was like everyone video all the time because we need to like feel like this is in person as much as possible. And then after a while, people gave up and like half the people didn't have their videos on. And um, I like, <laughs> I remember there was one video conference where I had my video on and I had just like the biggest kind of like bitch face or I like, or I'd rolled my eyes or something. And my like work bay texted me or chatted me on the side and she was like, lols at your face right now. And I was like, girl, you have no idea how often I make this face. It's because I were remote that you are not familiar with this face. Because if we were in office all day, you'd see it a million times a day. Like, so for better or for worse, because I, as someone who's like extremely expressive with their face <laughs> i'm like really bad at hiding what i'm feeling at any given point it's like it was good in that sense because when i was genuinely like you're a fucking idiot is like what i was thinking no one could tell half the time <laughs> i mean uh, honestly i will i i have to agree like um 
that is one of the funniest things about doing these like <laughs> Zoom things is whenever we have an all Zoom where I can actually see all the participants because sometimes you have like the everybody Zoom and it's like locked. It's just presenter. You don't see yeah, yeah. anything else. Um, I just like looking at everyone, like what they're doing. Like I just <laughs> randomly scroll through and I'm like, who's doing what? Like um, this one time I was looking at this one girl and I thought her feed was frozen. No, she was just sitting there perfectly still for like the entire time. I was like, this lady is a robot. It was like five <laughs> minutes. She was just like, I thought her thing was frozen. It's crazy. Um, and then also really enjoy like when there are like really large Zoom calls, but people forget to mute themselves. Oh, God. So then it's like, blah, 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 like, and the like, usually it's like the presenter doesn't know how to turn it off either. <laughs> So then they're just like, so it's like, whoever's not on mute, can you just mute yourself? And I'm oh like, just God. mute everybody. You have the power. <laughs> oh, there are so many of those great moments. God damn. <sighs> well, maybe what are some like not highlights that have been not highlights? Yeah, not highlights. I mean, my wedding got pushed. Year, it did happen though, and it was lovely. it did happen so that's a negative and a positive yeah. yeah it did happen and it wasn't actually as different as um i anticipated it being in terms of, like the number of people who showed up and blah yeah. blah um that was probably like the biggest life one that came from mm. it <laughs> i'm also thinking yeah life ones wise i feel like i just got a lot more stressed in uh, towards the period of the pandemic where things went back to normal, like 2021, but we were still working. And it became one of those things where it's like um, frog being boiled, frog, frog being boiled in a pot where I was like, the heat at work was like slowly turning up. And I, and because you're at home, you just kind of like, oh, you know, I'm doing what you're saying, where it's like, I'm on Facebook sometimes, I'm on doing other things sometimes. But then I came to realize no, like I'm actually basically working like nine to six now. And I didn't do that at the office. At the office, even though you work nine to six, you go to lunch, you like la 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 with your coworkers. You would go if you were, if we were in a WeWork for quite some time, you would go do something in the WeWork. Um, and it made me like really, really stressed. And I didn't realize it for the longest time. And then I was like, oh. And then like I was telling like, my managers kind of about it and they were like they also didn't realize it and i was like hey like by the way this probably isn't just me it's like a lot of other people they're just not telling you because they don't want to feel like um they're not up to the up to the job or they don't want to expose this to you but it like what's happening to a lot of people like this burnout um so yeah that was probably like the biggest negative that i was just like oh run to dirt run to the ground yeah a hundred percent i also feel like there were um like one thing that factored into me also doing that is that a lot of the people I worked with were parents of young children. So they naturally had like kind of different schedules because they're like, I need to like take my kid to daycare or it's like literally there's no such thing as daycare right now. And like my wife and I are like taking hours shifts. Yeah. To watch the kid. So then they'd like check out at like three or four or whatever, but then like reply to emails that are like important at like 8 PM and then it kind of felt like, oh, I have to respond to this or like keep it moving. If I don't respond right now or till the morning, then it's like I'm the hold up, even though really it was not me. So that contributed to me working a lot. And then also like digital nomad life. Okay, so I had been 
we left San Francisco last May. And, like, I was still working at Ubisoft the whole time until November. So we were just traveling, not, like, for vacation, but, like, we were in a different city every month, I think, from that point on. So, and sometimes I was on the East Coast. I was in Europe for a little bit because it was, like, ahead of my wedding. And, like, my work was really busy because I was launching Far Cry 6, like, kind of by myself. Um, so, like, I made it even harder for me because when I was on the East Coast, for example, I was, like, in Toronto for a while. I was in New York for a while. Or no, sorry, New York was after I quit. Um, but I was in Toronto for a month and I was like, oh, great. I get like three extra hours. I'll like start three hours earlier than everyone so that I can like have me time because I felt like my day was slammed with meetings. And so I couldn't like do actual work. So I was like, this is great. This is like before everyone wakes up, I can like do these things. But then all it did was add three hours to my job because I didn't stop at like 3 p.m. East Coast time. I stopped at like 6, 7 p.m. Pacific time. So I was like, wait a second. I started at like 7 a.m. local and ended at 10 p.m. local. How did this happen to oh me? <laughs> like what is happening? Not. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Ugh, it's so rough. It's hard when you can't mentally make those like hard stops for yourself and it no one is going to tell you to do that hard stuff or be able to convince you to make that hard stuff except for yourself. So when you can't enforce it, you're just like, well, here I am in this spiral that I can't get myself out of. I feel like it's very glamorized, but I think it's what you're describing to me is the same pitfall as unlimited vacation, which yes. is like, sure you can take unlimited vacation. You just have to figure out how to do your 80 hour job mm. <laughs> with one week missing from your one from your thing. And deal um, with the like unspoken guilt trip that exactly. your boss probably gives you, yeah. Oh my gosh, if I ever, so we don't have unlimited vacation, whatever, but if I ever landed a company there, I will feel no guilt. I 100% will not, yeah. I overrid that a little bit when I was, because I didn't have that at Ubisoft, but at Adobe I did. And I was a consultant then. So I was like incredibly burnt out. And it, our like things were project based. It was like client project based. So it was like sprints of like between three to like 12 week projects. So I did take like, I'd be like, this project's over. I'm taking a week off and like, you know, recycle. And like my bosses tried to give me shit about it, but I was like, excuse me, do you want me to like come back? Do you want me to stay burnt out? Or do you want me to come back refresh? And then you can sign me on another impossible client project for me to like rock and then rinse and repeat. So I, I took advantage of it, but it was like, they laid it on heavy still, the guilt, but I was like, I'm doing this, goodbye. That's like, no. rude. I would yeah. be like, I'm sorry, like, if you didn't want me to take unlimited PTO, you shouldn't offer me unlimited PTO. Like, it's because your people manager and the CEO of the company who made that decision are like completely different levels true. and needs still and though, blah, blah. Still though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will also say I feel like the whole geopolitical situation worsened quite a bit during the <laughs> pandemic. Like, not that everything was like, you know, you know, rah, rah, everyone was like best friends before the pandemic, but the pandemic really kind of was like, through like was the monkey wrench, threw a monkey yeah. wrench into it, was the, the little spark that lit everything up, in my opinion. Um, 
because it just showed like when it comes down to it each country is like out for themselves you know yes. fuck the UN thing fuck the NATO fuck the whatever ASEAN like nation group like everyone's just kind of like it's me or you that's so true dude it's so true yeah because kind of one of the like subtle ways that I felt that was because every country is still deciding its own like border policy right now with COVID and there's like Basically, like every week, every country publishes a like banned list of countries. And when you see your own country on that list, you're just like, damn, y'all. Like, it just like feels really shitty. And you're like, I guess I am just boiled down to like my nationality. That's all I am. So, yeah, I agree. It's uh, it definitely made those lines very clear. Yeah. <sighs> so maybe the million dollar question is, will we ever exit the COVID? Bring out that crystal ball. Look, my opinion is that my my opinion is that the will we ever be out of it will be defined by every individual person. I think from like a global or let's just restrict to U.S. at least, you know, let's countrywide standpoint. I think we're pretty much out of it in terms of like like you said most people gave up at this point right we're like like most states or all states i forget if the mask mandate drop was federal or if it was like state by state but a lot of states have dropped their mask mandates and like you know yes the like get vaccinated programs are like still running ads and whatever but like everyone who's gonna get vaccinated has already gotten vaccinated and like it's gonna be very difficult to convince the people who still haven't been vaxxed that they should do it so it's kind of like we've hit this like saturation point of like people are like have done what they think they need to do and are kind of over it but everyone has a different threshold of like risk tolerance and like comfort with adjusting back to normal life so i think in terms of like the government being able to like totally control what people are gonna do in response to covid it's done like we're, we're like out of it in that sense unless there's like a variant that comes that's like worse than the original strain right which is like not something we've seen thus far it's gotten weaker um but yeah barring something like that there's like government's got shit on us anymore but every individual person like you know we have different friends that have different levels of comfort and like it I think we've talked about this before it just like largely comes down to like when you want to hang out with each other like what is going to make the other person most comfortable so like who whoever has like the greatest risk tolerance or sorry risk aversion kind of catering to that even if it's not what like the cdc says or whatever um if you want to actually hang out with those people i i think for that it's like it's not based on science or like whatever the guidance is it's really based on like personal, personal feelings comfort yeah. yeah i so for me i think we were out of it officially when i when all the vaccine shit was done like when i was fully vaccinated <laughs> i was like i'm done like, because here's the thing is that at the very beginning they were like we're doing all this crazy shit uh -huh. so that we can buy time to produce this uh -huh. vaccine so that everyone get vaccinated and then like things will go back to normal, right? Uh -huh. So when the vaccine came out, I got vaccinated. I was like, I did my part. I spent my time in my apartment. Uh -huh. I did the lockdown. I wore my mask. I did blah, 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 blah. like, I, like, you know, yeah. if I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I can't just keep doing nothing yeah. for the rest of my life. 
Um, but I do agree with you on this on the other assessment piece of it. I I think it's made everyone more um, aware of what other people's risk thresholds are and just be a little bit more respectful of that. Obviously, there are like some situations where I'm like, you're making this really, really hard yeah. <laughs> like to hang out with you. And like, um, I would think that part of any good friendship is honest communication about things like yes. that. So like, I will be like, this is like a little bit much for me. Like, is uh-huh. there a way we do this differently that's like not so uh-huh. like onerous? Like maybe we shouldn't meet up in real life if you're gonna do like all these uh-huh. like things. Like maybe we should just Zoom or um, I don't know, figure something else out where we can still connect, but it's like not so like, you know, uh, onerous, but. yeah. Yeah, I don't, I also don't think, I mean, it's endemic now, right? So it's like mm-hmm. not going to go anywhere. Um, I just think that the out of it part, meaning like when things go back to normal, normal-ish, really just depends on the continued pressure from, not pressure, but like continued efforts from the government to like track and make sure that we're responding to effectively different variants and things like that. that yeah, that that's exactly because <laughs> I, I'm like, we're not going to be out of it because like, it's like, they don't, there's no political will to do that. It's unpopular to do that. People don't want to hear about another thing. They don't want to do another lockdown. They don't want to do nothing like that. So, but I feel like things won't go back to normal unless you can safely assure people that the public space will remain normal. And the only way to do that is to make sure that COVID does not become a huge thing again in the public yeah. space. Well, this was, uh, I think, a very um, exhaustive. <laughs> exhaustive two, and exhausting, maybe. <laughs> two-year review of COVID. Yes. What say you to move to the fortune cookie? Mm, All righty. So for the fortune cookie, because we always like to end on a sweet treat, we wanted to talk about some long-lasting positive impact or something that we continued from the pandemic. Um, I need some time to think about this. Okay, I can go first. I have two things. One Mm. obvious one, obviously, this this podcast, which we've just discussed Mm. ad nauseum, so I won't (laughs) belabor the point, but yeah, this shit's not going away, (laughs) and it's my full-time shit now, so I'm very happy that this came out of that, because it started as a hobby. But the second thing, I think, honestly, is like the whole working remote shook all of our priorities to be much clearer in terms of like what is important in your life. And I do think I'm very grateful to have learned that like the people I care about the most and spending time with those people is should be like one of my top priorities. So like that's family and like getting my relationship right with Ramon and like seeing my friends as much as possible. And like if people are willing to travel, for example, like trying to make more trips to like see people and like actually spend time with them and check in with them. I think really recognizing that and like continuing to invest in those relationships is is something I'm going to take away and like definitely with my family because it's like you know it's sad we keep talking about it but it's like that one realization for me was like man my parents are getting like old and like time is limited and like time with their mental capacities being strong is also limited not even death right it's just like there's all these factors so i'm like okay i need to like invest in these things and it will be one of the most important things i can do is like foster all of the relationships i care about so those are mine oh 
Yes. That makes sense. I, I have to agree with that. Um, and I will add maybe like a more personal one that, that I feel like maybe a lot of people go through is that I realized I had a lot of work to do on myself to because you're alone for that whole period of time. And I was like, I feel they just like brought up all these emotions and like feelings about yourself and made me realize how much more work I had to do on like my self-confidence, my self-image, like all these different things. And um, I did something that I realized I need to work on and will continue to work on. And it's why like a few episodes ago, I was saying like, what's the thing that I need to do for this year? I need to be kinder to myself. Um, so it's like building a relationship with others is really important priority wise, but also think like internally with yourself. Totally love that. Yes. yes. All right. Well, listeners, I'm not sure if you feel happier or more upset after listening to us talk about COVID for the last 40 minutes. Commiserate. Yes, 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 yes. So write us in, DM us, comment, whatever you want. Reach out to us and let us know what you thought about this episode or if there were certain things that you experienced during the peak or continuation of COVID that made you really angry, sad, happy, unexpectedly, you know, grateful for, whatever it may be. Uh, If you want to email us, it's tellusswhereyou'refrom at gmail.com. Otherwise, find us on social, um, on Instagram and TikTok, but where are you really from? Various places. Um, And come back next week because we'll have another episode for you then. And until then, Zai Jin, bitches. Mm.